this London season, as he works through and helps those groups there, he offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins. And so we continue to listen to what he has to share with us today. Join him as Nicodemus comes to ask questions. Wondering what's going on. And so we worship him. Our divine service setting home. Mercy has given this son to die for you. And 
for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now we turn to the invoice for the day which is in our bulletin, and there we read the responsibility. He remembers his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. Seek the Lord in his strength. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. We continue with the Kyrie. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, 
Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah in Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued to the fourth the Negev. This is And the epistle lesson for today is Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. It's on page 1115. 1, and here, St. Paul writes about Abraham was justified by faith. Then shall we then what then shall we say that, that Abraham our forefather discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing. When he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. It was not through the law, through law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that, would, that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who live by law are heirs, faith has no value and the promise is worthless because law brings wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace, and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offsprings, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith. 
He is the Father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our Father in the sight of God, whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. This is the word of the Lord. And now we rise and sing hallelujah. And the Holy Gospel for this second Sunday Lent is the Gospel of St. John, chapter. This is the birth. 
Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. This is the and now we continue with our sermon basis.
grace, mercy, and peace from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God that I share with you is our gospel lesson for today, and I ask you to pray with me. Lord, thank you for the gift of your Son, the gift of forgiveness, life, and salvation that you brought into the world for us, and you gave it to us through your Holy Spirit. Keep us in this faith. Continue to walk with us every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. In Christ our Savior. Amen. My first congregation, my first call from Sim, was in a little town of New Holland, Illinois. A town of 300. No, it was 100, wasn't it? And it was 100 people. And I jokingly would say, yes, we increased the population by 7% by our arrival. And after installation and ordination, I was ready to go out and meet my people and visit them and see where they were and so on. And I walked out the front door and I stopped at the edge of the porch. I came back in. My wife said, what's wrong? I said, well, there are no street signs and no house, home and house address, no numbers. And others that live out in the country, I have no idea where they're at because I don't have any information about them. You see, I couldn't go see them because there were no signs. We have signs all over the place, don't we? We have a sign out in front advertising our church. We have signs along the highway that give us direction and tell us how to behave. We have signs everywhere. We have advertising signs, we have invitation signs, we have signs identifying places. Could I find your house without any signs? Probably not. And sometimes it's even difficult when I have signs. Sometimes my tom-tom does not get me to where I need to go. This is something that Nicodemus said. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. But what if you don't read the signs, if you don't observe the signs? Do they do you any good? I've seen a few people who were not observing the speed limit signs on the highway. When somebody goes racing past me on the road, okay, you go ahead. Better that you're way up there than you're right here in danger to others. 
If we don't observe signs, if we don't use them, they're of no value. If you have a sign in a building and it has an arrow telling you where to go and you don't observe it, is it going to be any value? And the answer is no. The signs that Nicodemus was talking about were the signs that Jesus was doing. The Gospel of St. Matthew really has a lot of places and notes about it significant information about all the different signs that Jesus fulfilled that were spoken of in the Old Testament. And Jesus said to John at another time to his disciples when they came to him and asked him, from John, who was in prison, whether or not he was the promised one, or should we be looking for another? And Jesus said, what have you seen? The blind see, the deaf speak, the lame walk, and the deaf are raised. These were all spoken of in the Old Testament that the promised Messiah would do. And he was doing them. And still Nicodemus basically saw the signs, but somehow they weren't working. It was because of signs, though, that Nicodemus came to Jesus. He saw them and had questions. And Jesus explained to him again what this was all about. About being born again by water and the Spirit. Here, Nicodemus was getting direction and explanation about the signs of Jesus being the Son of God and his Savior. But the faith that leads to life in Christ seemed to be elusive to Nicodemus. But of course, you will hear more about this man later on Good Friday. For Nicodemus was one of the men who came and asked for the body of Christ and took him down off of the cross and laid him in the tomb. Yes, I can only say that I, though it is not stated anywhere in scripture, the signs finally meant something and they connected for him. And so Jesus did what he has done Throughout scripture, he directs Nicodemus back to the word of God, to Numbers chapter 21, verses 8 and 9, and Numbers 21, verses 4 through 9. And Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him 
may have eternal life. Here again, he was pointing to a sign and he was telling Nicodemus on a sign that was to come, Christ's crucifixion. Yes, he wanted him to see this. He wanted him to know it so that he would believe. And through the water, through the spirit of God, Nicodemus was hearing what he needed to hear. So Jesus crucified is the greatest miracle of all. It's interesting that the Hebrew word for putting uh, the, the serpent on the, on the pole there in uh, the wilderness with the children of Israel is also translated as a miracle. Well, it was a miracle in a sense that anybody who looked at that, that grand serpent that was put on the pole, though he was bitten by one of the vipers that were sent by God to get the people straightened out. See, the people of Israel had a problem getting through that wilderness. They kept on complaining. They didn't like the, the manna and the quail and the water from the rock. They wanted something more, and they kept on complaining because they kept on remembering that, well, in Egypt, we had it so much better. Not that they really did, but. And so God sent serpents to strike them, and anybody who was bitten would die unless they looked at that bronze serpent on the pole and they would live. So that bronze serpent saved them. And it was a foreshadowing of Jesus on the cross, there to suffer and die for us. For in essence, it's sort of an interesting comparison. Who was it that caused sin to enter the world? The serpent, right? And the serpent there in the wilderness, the bronze serpent put on the pole, was saving people. And what did Jesus, being on the cross, do to Satan, the serpent? As Jesus promised in Genesis chapter 3, he will crush your head. And yes, when he died on that cross, he crushed Satan's head. Because now... Sin was forgiven. All sin for all time. And the gift of that forgiveness was believing in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The signs that we need to see are in the Word of God. Are you looking for signs that you are forgiven? 
Are you looking for signs that you were saved? Well, look no further than the cross. Look no further than God's word. For here God tells us of this wonderful gift of forgiveness through faith, created by the Holy Spirit, that we might live with him forever. This is the sign that we need to see and we need to follow. We were blessed this past Wednesday. I'm trying to remember what day. We've become great grandparents. And we are so happy for our grandson. and our granddaughter-in-law, though I don't like the word in-law, that we were blessed with a new life in the family. Here again, God's signs of love and forgiveness, the blessings of God, the gifts of God. As mother and child are well, and doing well. These are God's blessings, are God's gifts. And we know that through the washing of regeneration, Mason James Redmond will be given the gift of faith and the forgiveness of sins as he is baptized. These are the God, God's gifts and God's signs that we have a place with him in heaven. A wonderful gift by God of his love and forgiveness that we look at and remember and why he came and why he died was for us and what we needed. Nicodemus would eventually see the sign of the cross too. He would see Jesus lifted up on the cross and he would gently bring him down and bury him. Whether such a sight yielded to faith, we don't know. It's not said. It's a grisly sign. The cross has never been a beautiful thing but it is a sign of God's gift of his love and forgiveness through the sacrifice of his son. Yes, a grisly sign, a scandal and offense to the eyes, but to those who believe, it is the greatest sign and miracle of all. This Lent, may we see again this greatest of Jesus' signs and believe that by believing 
we may have faith and life in him. In his name. Amen. And now may the peace of God that goes far beyond our human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he comes again. And now we rise and join in making confession of our Christian faith to God and to one another in the Nicene Creed on page 158 and also on the back cover of our hymn. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. We continue in prayer. Again, in our prayers, we remember Tom, Joan, Jack, Jim, Gabby, Christy, Marge, Peg, Kurt, Sam, Meryl, Mike, Annabelle, Kent, Carl, Kathy Ann, Jean, and all those who are on our hearts hearts and minds. And so we Heavenly Father, your Son has shown your love to the world in his death and resurrection. Give your people hearts to remember your gracious works and to proclaim your name in all things. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you promised us an inheritance, not because of your law, but because of your promise to Abraham and to us. In your grace, grace nourish us in the faith and to life. Heavenly Father, you made your servant Abraham the father of us all through faith, and you have given all fathers the calling of Abraham to hand down the gospel of Christ. Fill their hearts with the words of Christ and remember them according to your great mercy. Almighty God, remember our nation and its leaders. Bless all who take, minister, and judge our laws and enable us to be good and responsible citizens. Gracious Lord, be near to the sick and the suffering. 
those we have named and those who are on our hearts and minds. Comfort them with your divine promises and grant healing according to your will. Guide and direct the doctors and nurses and medical teams as they bring to bear on the needs of all people the gifts and talents you have given them, that through them healing and comfort may be given, and through your word, peace and love and forgiveness may be shared. Heavenly Father, Nicodemus was led by the word Jesus to the cross, and for the cross he received the body of Jesus, and from the cross he received the body of Jesus. Grant us faith like his to trust your word and receive Christ's body and blood in the Holy Sacrament for forgiveness, life, and salvation. Lord God, you give life to the dead and have united the faithful of all ages in the body of Christ. As you shelter us, the saints, in the arms of your mercy, so comfort us who wait your final victory over death and the life of the world. All of these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again, and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. We now receive our offerings. Please receive. We rise from Lord God, Heavenly Father, again, we bring gifts of thanksgiving for all the gifts and blessings that you shower upon us. Take these gifts and use them that through this good, through them, this good news of your love and forgiveness may be shared and shown to all the world. In Jesus' name we pray. 
we sing the offertory. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. 
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you the light everlasting, departing his peace and joy. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve unto life of us. We pardon this peace. Your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given unto them. This is the true body of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given unto them. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you unto life everlasting. Depart in his peace.